Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the volume This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Thursday, August 3rd. Amazing interview today if you like football. It is great content for gambling. Um, A couple things I honestly, uh, not even on my radar heading into this NFL season. You will learn a lot. Adam Chernoff, very smart man. I think you'll like the podcast. Uh, Before we get to Adam, just two quick notes. Number one, your boy has finally secured Taylor Swift tickets. I will be there uh, at SoFi, very, very fired up to see Taylor Swift. I haven't been to a concert of this magnitude. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say the, the first big, big concert I went to. And again, I was a little guy. It was cool at the time. They were popping off. Um, I saw Millie Vanilli. Yes, and like six months later, they got pop for lip syncing or whatever it was. But at the time, it was like the coolest thing ever. And I remember I was about to start dating this girl, and I went to an actual payphone at the concert and called her to be like, yeah, I'm at the You know, this wasn't when you had like cell phones, okay? Sorry, young people. And I called her to like kind of flex. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you want me to get you a T-shirt or, you know, whatever? And I'll never forget, like, Millie Vanilli, it was a cool concert. I mean, again, I was a young kid. I didn't really know better. But uh, let the good times roll, Taylor Swift. Uh, in other news, in actual sports news, 
How about Lionel Messi? You guys know I'm a soccer guy. I play in some dad tournaments. i a minority owner of a soccer team in Mexico in the top league. I Obviously, the World Cup is my favorite sporting event. It is, I mean, it's every four years, so it's, it's better than March Madness, better than anything. I love soccer. I have, I'll watch MLS if it's on. I'll check it out. But I'm not scheduling alarms in my phone for MLS games the way I do for Lionel Messi. I put it in my phone. Five o'clock, messy. Five o'clock Pacific. So yesterday, I turn on the game, and of course, it's a rain delay because of Florida. And you know, I go about my business periodically, checking to see when it's going to start because Messi is usually dominating these games early. And you know, again, Messi scores like seven minutes in. I was able to see it, and just watching him is honestly, it is so much fun. I know everybody liked watching Patrick Mahomes. I love watching Mahomes, um, Steph Curry, but Messi's just a different beast. I'm just going to remind you guys. Miami was the worst team in the league. Messi comes in, and they have now rattled off, I believe this is three straight wins. Messi with two more goals. He now has five in three games. And Miami could win the Liga's Cup, which is a battle between MLS and Liga MX teams. Yes, sadly, Nacoxa, the team I'm a minority owner of, they got bounced. They didn't even get out of the group stage. That's why I was in Charlotte last weekend, um, seeing some of the other owners and watching Nacoxa live for the first time. And, I mean, listen, this is a, a good tournament, and for Messi to be dominating it like of this magnitude and taking a last-place team, there's no comparison in NFL sports. Remember, Trevor Lawrence coming out of uh, Clemson, number one pick, everybody loves him, best promising recruit since, uh, best promising prospect since what? Um, Andrew Luck. And they were picking first again the next year, you know? Um, there is the Brady going to Tampa, but Tampa was like a 500-team and it took them half a season to click before Brady took over and they win the Super Bowl. There really isn't anything. Um, in the NBA, I can't... Fa- it would be the equivalent of LeBron going... I mean, I know some people want to bring up LeBron and the Lakers, but he also had Anthony Davis. And in the NBA, five on five, you're a superstar like LeBron. You know, it's it's a lot easier to win than an 11 on 11 game. And... What Messi's doing is just spectacular, folks. Just really soak it in and enjoy it. He is something to marvel at. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest, Adam Chernoff of Right Angle Sports. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy who's been on the podcast a lot. He is one of the, gosh, can I say one of the five biggest names in sports gambling? I know he's not going to like that, but that's just the reality. He creates a massive audience wherever he goes. We bring him on the podcast. I I forget when I found him, but he's come on the pod and talked about his backstory, which is incredible. Adam Chernoff of now Right Angle Sports. Okay, that's a reach, but I'm, I'm going to push it back to you. And if you're going to if you're going to put me at that praise, then I got to ask you: of non-athletes in U.S. sports media, do you have the best jumper? <laughs> oh, come on, give me a break. Uh, see, I, I, see I would like to think I, the other way? I would like to think I do, but I, I, that's obviously not the, not the case. Uh, Your Instagram you know, feed would beg otherwise. Yes, I know. I like to think I only post the highlights. I'm not going to post the, all the misses and the bricks. <laughs> no. uh, but anyways, Adam Turnoff. So it, it's interesting. Um, I think you guys remember Adam. Uh, he was doing a daily podcast that was like a setting the market and it quickly became one of these must listen to podcasts and then of course everybody gets involved I can admit I talked to Fox I was like we got to get Adam Fox made a run at you we don't need to go there uh, but you have basically been feted I don't know if I could say that but um everybody wants to bring you into the fold and you picked right angle sports what was it like maybe six months ago eight months ago 
Yeah, back in uh, late November of 2022, okay. I made the move over. And so, first of all, talk about how that was because, you know, people are probably Googling right angle sports. A lot of gamblers know them. They they provide a pick service. But a lot of people, including myself, hesitant to pay for picks. I know it's a dicey topic among all these guys who talk about sure. sports gambling. Doug Kazarian, who you know. Um, Jeff Ma, who's been on the pod. He, he doesn't like me that much. Um, a lot of guys. <laughs> Preston Johnson's been on. We've talked a lot yep. about paying for picks. I, I don't want to start there, but I want to start with right angle. What, what made you think that would be a great fit? Uh, the way I described it was for the majority of my 15 years in the betting industry, I was sort of like the teaching pro at a nice golf course that's a country club somewhere in a nice city. And this was really my first opportunity to go try play on tour. That was kind of how I phrased it because Red Angle Sports is a team of professional bettors. They've been among the most successful bettors behind the scenes privately since the late 1990s. Ed's built out an incredible team. And now they've been running the service, which is the product that people subscribe to for picks. Um, they've been doing that publicly now for 20 years. And so when it, when it comes to opportunities, it was a chance to join the best team from the betting side. And I've done a lot of things within the industry. As successful as I've been betting, I've never done it at the highest levels. And so that's why I chose them, because it was an opportunity to mm. see what that was like, learn from them, and be a part of that team. Now, again, a lot of people don't know the behind the scenes. It's probably a little inside baseball. But what makes Right Angle Sports the best? Their expertise and their ability to make decisions. And the way I would sort of break it down is if you and I were to go and read a write-up or a sample of information about an NFL game, we would come up with different conclusions on like what we thought we were taking away from that information and how it would maybe influence to make a pick on a game. They do it at a level that even now being with them seven, eight months, I can't get my head around because I, again, I'm, I'm blown away every day about how I can read something or follow tweets or hear a news report or a coach's press conference. And I'll be like, okay, I'm thinking this is going to be a game where, where we're looking at the over it's going to be a dead over and they'll take it away and they'll be like, no, it's a dead under for reason X, Y, Z. And so the way that they've worked together as a team that they've assembled over this time is really, really unique. And the experience that they have in processing and, and going through information and finding what's good, finding what's bad allows them to be as successful as they are in any market that they tackle. And so uh, the big, big, big difference that they have over everyone else is that experience that they've collectively put together in the team. It's it's honestly, I wish they shared it. They they really shy away from doing that, obviously, because yeah. they feel like they give it away. But it's it's truly incredible to see how they watch sports and interpret what they're okay. seeing as it happens. So obviously, this is not an ad for them. I haven't paid, but I will say this: like, I think my one of my texts to you was NCAA tournament was coming up, and I saw RAS was releasing a bunch of picks, and I'm like. I kind of want to see them to see if they jive with mine, but you have to pay. So I texted Adam and I'm like, listen, I had a good tournament last year and then the year Briar wasn't good. And then two years ago was really good. Um, and I'm, I, I guess I'm trying to get to like, if someone's on the fence and they're, I don't know, a hundred dollar better, $500 better, maybe thousand dollar bets on a Dolphins Patriots game or whatever. Um, does right angle sports make sense? Or is this for only the whales? $10,000 on an Eagles Patriots opener. 
the subscriptions that we have now are more accessible than they have been in the past. Um, definitely with me coming on, I've been a big part of the content and sort of push into a different audience for them, which is kind of a necessary step that they've needed to take as a company with the evolution of the industry. So a couple of years ago, the answer to that question would have been no, it's not for everybody. It's only for that high level better. That's really changed now to where more people than ever would benefit from the service. And the big thing to take away is even if you've not paid for picks before or you're on the fence about it, like you said, there's there's something different with Red Angle Sports in the sense that when you get the bet, the lines are going to move market wide. The influence from these guys winning mm. for 20 plus years is respected by every sports book. And so when we give out a bet, the lines move the odds change, you're not going to be able to get that bet again. And so that makes you a favorite to win every bet that you have and gives you equity in that bet that you're making, which is unique to other services. Right. Like, it's obviously not automatic, but, you know, let's say the line on, I think Falcons win total was when you guys gave out, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. So it was eight at the time. It was eight and a half. We, We released one of the worst prices in the market so everyone could get better. Okay. Um, and then the, what the entire market moved from what eight and a half, not to nine, or did it go to eight and a half with heavy juice? It went to eight and a half with, with heavy juice. So we sent out eight and a half, even money. It was eight and a half plus money at every sports book. Now it'll be anywhere from minus minus one thirty to one forty. on a game by game basis. The impact much bigger than futures markets. Um, but either way, the market's going to react to every bet that you're getting mm-hmm. from the service. Um, I, I guess I would ask, like, is I, I, the, the secret sauce idea? Like, okay, well, if you've got it, Adam, why doesn't Right Angle Sports enter the Super Contest or the uh, the other one? I forget the name of it. Um, I'm in those. I haven't won. I've been close to cashing uh, twice. I'll enter it again. But, like, why wouldn't they just enter that and dominate the contest if they have this expertise of 20-plus years? Um, and I will obviously admit, you guys are releasing picks early in the week. Uh, the super contest lines usually come out what Thursday afternoon before the Thursday night game. The yeah, it comes out Wednesday. You'll get the odds for a submission by right. Saturday. Um, the super contest itself is is very much a coin flip. It's five games a week. It's thousands of people competing. It's requiring seventy plus percent to be ordered to win that contest. And so, not we do play them. Um, right angle sports has always been an entrant in that one the gold circa they play all the contests but to sort of evaluate things in that confined context versus what you can do on a game-by-game basis betting is going to extract more from that the service is going to be more valuable to the players the contest is kind of a a coin flip scenario where you're just hoping to get lucky and get on a run and have a chance to sustain that through the season it realistically you have one or two losing weeks in that contest with so many people playing, you're not going to, yeah. you're not going to cash in the money. So it's, it's a very different game. That's tough to compare. So I remember one thing last season, I think before you joined them, um, you would give out picks on your pod and then you had the tech service. I mean, again, you're forward thinking with a lot of this stuff. And then I think you started talking about people who would instantly go the opposite way of you. Hey, I'm going to fade this guy. I'm going to fade Adam. I don't care how much you, you know, a typical um, anonymous guy on the internet who wins like 80% of his bets and is a sure. multimillionaire, but he's anonymous and he's on Twitter 24 seven. I digress. Um, 
Do you see that at all with the right angle releases? And, you know, we mentioned the Falcons. What other ones can you mention that they've given out that have maybe moved? So I'll give you an example. Hall of Fame game coming up on Thursday. Um, we gave out over 31 and a half. Right as we released the game, sportsbooks everywhere moved to 33 and a half. Hmm. There is always a subset of people who will say, I don't care about the history. I don't care about the experience. Nobody should be moving an NFL total preseason, regular season, anything. They shouldn't be moving it two points. That's too much. I'm going to bet back the other side. And that's that's true for anyone who has an impact on the market. Um, we have a pretty strong belief that, first of all, if, if the line is moving and we're doing so and you have time to react to that, there's ample opportunity if you don't think that the service is going to win for you by backing it that you can go and bet it. The difference is that when people bet it back, we beat the close on 90 plus percent of the releases that we send out. So we're better than the closing line. So even though there's all this opportunity for us to be wrong and the market to disagree and people to bet back against it, there's still that level of respect for the bet that was given out because it continuously beats the closing Mm -hmm. line. So people always do it. It's very difficult to time what the absolute peak is going to be. And quite frankly, if you're able to time that consistently and say, this is as high as it's going to get, now it's going the other way, you're probably more skilled to be doing other things than trying to fade the releases. <laughs> um, you mentioned closing line value, and historically that's been effective in helping to win bets. But for some reason, Adam, and I, maybe you, I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but last year closing line value seemed to mean almost nothing. I do wonder, is that one of two things where the league is just shifting so rapidly? Or B, are the books getting just that sharp right now with setting lines? Well, what are we at now with the extra week? We're at 278 games, whatever it is in the regular season. So, I mean, when we talk about it not mattering, it was within 5% one way or the other. It's a very small number of games relative to shifting it the other way. So in terms of just speaking about last season, that's just kind of how it fell with a handful of games. But it, it still definitely matters. It, point B, if you're better out there watching this, if you're beating the closing line more often than not, you're going to be a winner long-term if you can sustain that. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. 
What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Yeah, all right. Now let's get to specific teams. I know you're a Jets fan. Obviously, I am a, a massive Jets fan. Very excited. Um, there we go. For, not for Zach Wilson in, in, in the uh, Hall of Fame game, but <laughs> nevertheless. Um, so, uh, you know, the surface level value, the average guy who just sees it, hey, 7-10 and 10 last year with garbage quarterbacks, and now you add Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my gosh, this is an 11-win team. But, and I, I think we've talked about this before, the, the trenches are massive and the Jets' offensive line has a lot of questions. 37-year-old Dwayne Brown, Makai Becton's injury history, you know, maybe a rookie starting center. It, it, are we overlooking, you know, the, the trenches for the Jets offensively and saying, hey, like, Rodgers maybe lost a step last season, and are we too high on them? And by we, I mean any every Jets fan. Uh, I'm curious as a fellow Jets fan, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, where's the optimism meter going into this season for you? I'd say 11. 11. Yeah. Okay. Where does it compare to the Sanchez years? 12, oh, I, well, years there were ago? no expectations heading into his rookie year. It was like, oh, we got some excitement. But it was you weren't expecting like AFC Championship game. So after that first year, I was like Super Bowl. And they got to the AFC Championship game. And it was like, after that, it was like, okay, next year we'll break through. And then it fell apart quickly. That complete disaster. I'm with you. I, I'm not 11. I'm, I'm similarly high. Ah, boy. I, in, terms of the, in terms of the offensive line, like how many games do we get out of Beckton? I mean, he's he's touching nearly 400 pounds. Those knees, I mean, nobody can sustain that. So you're right about Brown. If it if it holds up, you have to be excited about the offensive pieces. But to me, my biggest concern is the play caller. I don't know what we're going to get from Hackett. Do you have any confidence level with Hackett? Um, not really. But I think Aaron Rodgers is ultimately going to be the OZ. I don't think he uprooted his life to come to New York and take cues from Hackett, right? I think it'll be like, hey, you just manage the offense. I'll when it gets when it's the crunch time in the fourth quarter, it's my show. You know, would you would you agree? Like, it's going to be Rodgers dictating everything. What I have a hard time sort of separating in my mind is when I look back to the years in Green Bay where it was Hackett, Rodgers, and Lafleur. Lafleur really was kind of like the guardrails to the whole thing. He was calling the plays. He was managing the offense. Hackett was just like the personnel guy that was on the side. And so where I'm kind of stuck here is I like the idea of Rodgers with these young pieces now sort of elevating that offense. I think that that's inevitable and it's going to it's going to improve, no question about it. But when it comes down to like the really intense situational stuff, you take LaFleur out of the picture. We know Hackett's a disaster mm-hmm. at doing that. 
Last year, it was a mess. And his time with Jacksonville was just as bad. If that support's not there, when things really matter against a really tough schedule in a very competitive AFC where you just can't give away games, like can Rodgers control all of that on the field? Can Hackett improve in that? That to me is like the one spot where I just I don't know what to expect and I think is the big difference maker. Okay, so the, another team, we'll come back to the Jets opponent, the Bills in a sec, but another team with a similar offensive question. Cowboys, I think, won 11 games. Offense was on fire all season. Even with Cooper Rush, they were good. And then they get rid of Kellen Moore and they go to Schottenheimer and now by all accounts, McCarthy is saying... I want to run the ball and rest our defense. It, it, it almost sounds like an archaic offense is coming, but uh, our, my buddy T.A., who I, you've referenced on your podcast, he, th- oh, he yeah. has the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and I'm just wondering, like, you know, obviously the roster's great, but what's going on with the offense, and can they go to a Super Bowl with this running attack? So uh, I think the running attack benefits a lot from Pollard being the number one guy regardless. And so there's some separation that needs to be had from like this Cowboys annoyance of Zeke running into the line of scrimmage for a gain of three and derailing everything or backfield passes to him in the red zone that like it's been frustrating as can be for the Cowboys. So if that is the case and we do see a lot of running, I think it's it's much better than it would have been in the last two years with Pollard taking over. So I think that's number one. Two, uh, Moore's kind of being talked about in a bit of a higher standard and light now that he switched over to the Chargers than I think we thought about him mm. with the with the Cowboys. He got very predictable, especially late in the season the last couple of years. And he did a lot of the same things. A lot of the routes had his receiver stopping and coming back to the football. The one thing with the Cowboys that we're hearing this year is a lot of continuous motion downfield with routes and running and and no more hitch patterns and going away from that sort of style of offense. If that comes to fruition and you think about the pieces they have beyond CD lamb, that that becomes really, really interesting. Hmm. And so like you mentioned, TA's big on the Cowboys. Another pro better that I know loves everything with the Cowboys over I still think the Eagles are the clear favorite within that division, but hmm. there's certainly some intrigue there by others for the Cowboys. Interesting. Um, you know, I saw Dak led the league in interceptions last year, and he missed yep. like five games, which is a little <laughs> stunning. Um, let me go to the Bills for a sec, because they're another team. Like, maybe we're over, or I'm overreacting to that Bengals loss. This is a team that was top three in the league for most of the season. Uh, I think they led in point differential for a lot of the season. That game against the Bengals with the Hamlin situation seemed to derail everything. And I don't know if it was you that talked about it, but the disruption late in the season kind of messed things up. We all shouldn't jump off the Bills. They were utterly dominant. Um, I don't know, though. The Jets got better in the division. Uh, I think the Bills' safeties are both like a little aging. They lose their best tackler in the middle linebacker. Uh, offensive line still has questions. I don't know. What, what do you, uh, Josh Allen led the league in red zone picks. Uh, where are you on the Bills? Did you see the Isaiah McKenzie stuff after the Bengals game when no. he did that? They, the Bills have that like internal podcast that they did where he went on. Did you see those comments? No. So he he obviously wide receiver for the Bills last year. He went on this like five minute rant about how the Bills basically only had one pitch for their offense, and it was like everything was downfield when we needed to run the football, we couldn't. We had nothing underneath. And then there was the snow game against Cincinnati. It, it didn't work. And they're like, we didn't even try. 
to do something different. And that kind of painted the Bills late season collapse in a very good way because really all it was when you look back at it, it was Josh Allen with an elbow injury throwing it deep downfield nearly every single time, the yeah. same guys on the field. There was no there was no change up. And Ken Dorsey this offseason has made a clear effort to change that. They've mm-hmm. added a couple tight ends. They took Kincaid in the draft and he's like, we gotta use more two tight end sets. We got to use more three tight end sets. We need to find some resemblance of a ground game. And it reminds me a lot of what the Chiefs did after their 2020 season, where they had to evolve into this heavier personnel focused team. And last year, to the point that they led the league in usage of three tight end sets, Kansas City did. And so the Bills led the league in three wide receiver sets. They're now shifting. And so it's like a copy of Kansas City the last couple of years. And if the Bills can do it and implement it, I think it could be the best Bills offense we've seen with Josh Allen this year if they get it right. So it's it's a big year to prevent what happened last year happening again. Okay, so first of all, this is stunning. This is why I bring you on. Like, led the league in three tight end sets. I honestly didn't Kansas know— Kansas City, it's crazy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I didn't know teams—like, I know the two tight end sets, you want to go heavy. What's the three tight end sets? Is that like a brand new thing? Yeah, so it wasn't a massive number of snaps in the season overall. They they ran a ton from two tight end sets as well. They were top three in that regard too. But I, I think the difference here is we think about Kansas City and Mahomes, and it's this aggressive downfield passing, wide receivers all over the place. Really what it was when you look back, uh, more than any other team in the league, they had those two or three tight end sets collectively with both packages combined. And so... What that does league-wide, when you look at quarterbacks throughout the entire NFL, when they have two or three tight end sets on the field, their success rate per play goes up, their yards per attempt goes up, and their completion percentage goes up. They have more time to throw. Their receivers have better matchups usually. They have more options. It's a very tough thing to defend. And so teams are really making that shift. Kansas City really did it first. And now like teams like Buffalo are playing catch-up. Other teams around the league playing catch-up too. And so that's kind of where the, the offensive mm-hmm. formational shifts are going league-wide. And there's a huge emphasis for Buffalo to do that. So I read a lot of NFL. I listen to some podcasts. I watch TV. I've never heard anyone mention this three tight end trend. Now, are there any other teams we should look out look for doing this besides the Bills and Chiefs? In, in the AFC specifically, it's the rates are increasing sort of conference wide. I think a team like Minnesota could really, really benefit it from it in the NFC. You think about what they usually look like three wide receivers across the field, Kirk cousins in the shotgun. I mean, he's, he's kind of a sitting duck in the pocket, a lot of snaps where he makes really bad decisions. And so I think that's a team that could really benefit, benefit from it. Same thing in that division, Detroit lions, a lot of three wide receiver usage a year ago, with Jared Goff, teams have now seen it. If they can get towards that, Ben Johnson, a heck of a play caller, I think he could benefit from it quite a bit too. But uh, keep an eye for it this season, especially in like the first half of the year. Going to see a lot more teams going to those two and three tight end looks. Interesting. Does that? Do you think that leads to more unders or overs? Uh, success and everything on offense, or is it more of a ball control attack with uh, you know slowing things down, big big dudes on the field? Well, so that's more to me to do with the defensive shifts. We just kind of talked about the offensive shift. uh, But you bring up a good point with does it lead to more unders? Well, last year we saw 
a massive increase in usage of cover two, so two deep safeties mm-hmm. and that two deep shell, as well as cover four. And if you look over the last four years in the NFL, the usage of those formations is up nearly 20%. And blitz rate is down 7%. And so we're moving into this now sort of modern NFL in the 2020s here where defenses are playing extremely conservative because we're seeing offenses like we were talking about those three wide receiver sets that were so good four, five, six years ago. Teams were just getting burned deep with the pass. Last year, we saw an average total in NFL games right around 44 and a half points. And so that's a reflection of how conservative defenses are playing, which in turn is kind of causing this offensive shift to where, okay, if all these defenses are playing off, Hmm. it's cover two, cover four, five defensive backs on the field. Well, then you have like the Bills get Dalton Kincaid. You put a defensive back on Kincaid, it's a matchup advantage for the Bills. And think about what the Chiefs have been doing with Kelsey and other guys at tight end. They're creating those matchup advantages. And so because of how defenses are playing and the personnel shifts there, it kind of goes hand in hand with the offense. So does it lead to more unders on offense specifically? Not entirely, but when you combine it with the defense, we're seeing average totals of 44 and a half points. We go back four years, it was nearly 50. And so the league is trending down in that regard in a big way. Wow, that's good stuff. Um, Because if memory serves, Russell Wilson was rolling along and then all of a sudden the too high really slowed him down. He couldn't do the deep lobs to lock it and Metcalf. They took that away and he didn't really have an off-speed pitch. Um, Wow. I'm just trying to think what the three tight ends. Yeah, and do you think Russ and uh, Peyton will be able to solve that with Russ? I I think that offense is going to look so much better. I always loved Peyton. Just from like the betting side, he was one of the few guys, I say growing up when I was doing this seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, younger Adam, um, like you could trust him every week to do what you would expect a wise play caller to do based on defensive advantages that they would have over the defense. So like, for example, if if you thought that the Saints with Breeze and Peyton would have a really good advantage against an opposing secondary, you could bet on them willing to increase their pass rate to attack that secondary and be very confident that Peyton would execute that. There's a lot of offensive coordinators and play callers in the league that you can look at what the advantages might be when you're betting and have them do something completely else. It's hard to trust a lot of guys, but Peyton was a guy you could really trust. And I think he's going to get a ton out of Jerry Judy and turn him into kind of Michael Thomas number two, Mm -hmm. like he did with the Saints now for the Broncos. I think Russ is going to get the ball out of his hand way quicker than he did a year ago. He was holding it for nearly three seconds a snap. And it's just going to be a much more efficient team. So definitely, I think Peyton and the Broncos can look a lot better on offense. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin 
Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of General Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Switching to um, the NFC, I think it was you early last year who put me on the Giants. You were like, boy, the addition of Wink Martindale, the addition of Dable, like nobody got better in those departments in coaching and the Giants arrow was pointing up. I went and bet the Giants over. I hyped them on the herd. And I look like a genius. Um, I've been, well, thanks to you. Mostly, thank, I think it was you. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm looking at the coaching moves this year, and I don't know, other than Steichen and Indy, if anyone's going to have that sizable impact. Some people are trying to say Vic Fangio in Miami, but um, I, I don't know. What do you think? Any massive coaching swings this offseason? Okay, so I, I would have 100% said Fangio if the Ramsey injury hadn't occurred. I okay. think that slows down what he can do a lot, but that was that was looking like an all-time move. Um, do you think Steichen can make that big of a difference? Like, is... I don't. I have trouble believing him and Richardson just works. Are you on board with that? Well, it sounds like he's taking some first team snaps already, which is weird. But um, it seems like he's going to have that Josh Allen early. I struggle on the dump offs, the short stuff. Sure. But if a play unravels, I'm, I'm getting loose and look out, and then I can hit you with the bombs. But I don't know if the receivers are great enough there to to burn teams deep. But I don't. I, I feel like Steichen's very good offensively. No, you. It, okay. If if he can have any sort of impact like he had on Hertz. I think back to that Philly Tampa playoff game. I had a tweet about Hertz and just got roasted for it because people wanted Minshew over Hertz. I was and then he's he, yeah. yeah, and then he's nearly the MVP last year. So well, okay. that's what Steichen can do. Is that how much of that was Steichen improving year over year, but how much of that was the addition of AJ Brown? I, I think it's a combination of okay. both, certainly. But I guess we, like, I'm trying to think the Indian. I'm like, okay, that can be a, a massive leap. But like you said, so you bring in A.J. Brown. You have the best offensive line in football. You have a defensive line that just kills other teams. It, it was a good situation for mm-hmm. the Eagles. I don't know if that's the case in, in Indy. But so I, I'm kind of stuck on Steichen. Um, one other thing I'll say on the coaching side to point out, um, Brian Flores went to Minnesota, and he's the defensive coordinator. 
it won't necessarily be like a massive improvement, but in terms of just being different, last year Ed Donatel was the defensive coordinator for the Vikings, and he gave the same look every snap, super soft, played off coverage, like everything we just talked about, the cover two, cover four looks. Brian Flores couldn't be more different. He's probably the most aggressive defensive coordinator. He wants blitz, heavy boxes, his guys in the secondary and man coverage. I think the Vikings are going to have an awful defense. Yeah. Um, But what it's going to lead to is just ridiculously high-scoring Minnesota Vikings Mm, games. Interesting. So so that's important. I'm I'm trying to think of the defensive backs of like there's nobody good there right are, nobody Cam Dantzler is he still there like Andrew no Booth, it, and all these guys are going to be stuck in man coverage they have a rookie starting they have a first year guy who played 50 snaps last year as the number two like mm. it's bad and dire if those guys are stuck in man coverage so that's a big scheme switch for sure. Uh, is there a team that everybody seems to be sleeping on um, that maybe they're underestimating or you think the market's off, even if you haven't bet it yet? I, I want to say the Falcons because we did bet it and we're really high on them. I feel like in terms of sleeping on, we've kind of really been pumping the media with that. So I think a lot of people have latched on to the upside with Atlanta. But isn't it more, Adam, isn't it more scheduled than anything? It's not like they have talent. Uh, I don't know if the play caller's great. Um, offensive line solid, but not amazing. Defense is like, eh, okay. It's just about the schedule with those guys, right? Okay, so we might have a case for sleeping on them. Uh, because <laughs> we're, so we're on the opposite there. No, no, I, I like them. Uh, I, I'm with you, but I don't, I'm just doing it because of the schedule and the opposing quarterbacks. Okay, so speaking for myself personally, I think Arthur Smith is a top 12 play caller in the NFL. Wow. I'll put him in like the, the 10 to 13 range. Not from my opinion, but from other major outlets that do really good like aggregate rankings for previews, the Falcons offensive line is a top 10 unit based on those rankings. So that's really good. I think the skill pieces are are quite underrated overall. And so that's maybe now hearing it's a little bit under the radar. Like you said, the schedule, the reason we like them so much is in the first 11 weeks, there's only four games where the Falcons don't play a first-time starter or a rookie. And those quarterbacks, it, it's Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins. Like, it, it, they they dodge all the great quarterbacks. So strength of schedule is almost always priced in, and the win totals reflect that. But we think this is a schedule that can play way easier than it's being projected mm-hmm. to be. And so with all those things said about the Falcons, which maybe is going unnoticed, uh, we think – that they're maybe a little bit under the radar. Okay. Well, the Saints play a similar schedule. Well, do we not like the Saints better? They have a car and established quarterback, although, uh, you know, I know some of the numbers don't paint him great, and the head coach is, I think you bashed him on the on the Saints preview. Um, well, but what, the Saints have a better roster than the Falcons. Uh, skill position may be close. I don't know if, unless Kamara gets like six games or whatever. But mm-hmm. why wouldn't the Saints be right there with the Falcons? So price is the big thing. Saints are the the favorite. We thought they're the worst division favorite in in all of the NFL. A couple negatives that I would have for the Saints. Um, Carmichael's the offensive coordinator. And it's kind of weird because when Peyton left, Carmichael didn't want the offensive coordinator job. They had to convince him to stay and keep the job. And so he stayed. They didn't have a good offense. Everyone expected him to be fired. But because he's this long-term guy with this massive tenure with the team, he got another year. 
And so in, in the back of my mind, I have this thing where, he, okay, he didn't want the job to begin with. He wasn't good at it. He has very limited play calling experience that he's never had success with. Now he's sort of the mastermind behind Derek Carr coming into the system with Michael Thomas coming off multiple years of injuries. Kamara is now suspended. We don't know for how long he's going to miss. The offensive line is taking a big step back. Hmm. And it's so uncertain within the Saints. They had to bring John Gruden in during the offseason to install the offense for Derek Carr. And so if you have, when I look at the play caller difference, I was just saying Arthur Smith is a top 12 guy. What's Pete Carmichael? Bottom five? I don't Ooh. think that's a stretch to say. So so there, there's some negatives for the Saints that I see. Uh, any teams in the AFC West can challenge the Chiefs? No. Are there, no, no, nobody at all. <laughs> that was uh, that was the easiest one of the show. Okay. No. A- A- AFC North, uh, who somebody's got to be not great in that division, and it feels like everybody's probably going to finish 500 or better, uh, sorry, nine or eight or better, or in the mix for a playoff spot. But who, who's last place in that division? Boy. Uh, toughest question. That, we went from the easiest question to the yeah. toughest question. On the spot, I have to say Pittsburgh, Ooh. just because I think it's asking a lot. If I had to say a team that is being hyped up and sort of maybe overspoken for more than any other, it might be the Cleveland Browns. Like maybe Deshaun Watson just isn't going to come back to the Watson that we knew from his time in Houston, and that's just going to be a struggle with Stefanski. Um, but I think that that's less likely the case than the Steelers' offense with that play calling scheme that they have is is just magically going to work this year. They're already talking about directives coming from ownership down to how they're supposed to run their offense and trying to stay conservative in the first three quarters. So they have a chance to win in the fourth with their defense. That's, that's just not what you want to hear mm. in 2023 for any team. So I would have to say Pittsburgh uh, and, and uh, Ravens. Uh, I'm curious because it seems like they're, they're, slowly, quietly pivoting from being a defensive team. It felt like, I know Lamar's great, but they've never put guys around him. They seem to invest sure. a lot offensively. And then you look at the defensive depth chart and you're like, ooh, there's not a ton of talent here. Big shift for Baltimore coming, going from the Roman offensive scheme to Todd Munkin. A lot more usage of space. All signs point to a lot more tempo. Lamar wants to throw for 6,000 yards. Oh, Do you remember last year when he did the press conference? He had the bag of popcorn and the milkshake. You remember yes, those photos? Yes. So, I mean, we're going from that a year ago, to put it in perspective. Now his Instagram is like yours, where it's just constantly in the gym working out. So, <laughs> I mean, it's such Stop. a different mindset and scheme for the Ravens this year. Zay Flowers is apparently the best wide receiver on that team. The rookie coming in, he was working with Lamar in South Florida all summer. You have OBJ around them. So it's the best weapons. Lamar's never been more focused on throwing the football. That's going to look really, really different. But it's it's a really, really big change. Maybe it takes time, but there's certainly a lot of optimism about the Ravens' offense. We'll wrap up with week one. I, I Listen, I know it's still a ways away, uh, but surely you've looked at some week one lines and you want to pounce. I, I, I got a buddy selling me on, Jason, divisional dogs in week one. It is... Always something you need to bet, especially home dogs in the division. You're looking at teams like, I think the Colts are at home against the Jags. Giants, I believe, is Cowboys. 
Jets and the Bills? Um, or is this just, I know that sounds like a trend and we're supposed to shy away from trends, but go for it. Sure. I'll, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you one because we're both Jets fans. Um, have to bet the Bills in week oh, one. I, dear. I, I know it's, I know it's, I know it's painful, but, um, there was a group that's competitive with us and they bet the Jets right after Lions came out. It was about a month ago now. And, yeah. Cause that was right around three and they bet it and now it's come down. It's kind of right around one right now, one and a half. Um, and, and so they bet it. And as soon as they bet it, I was like, there's no way that this isn't going back the other way. Um, so you, you have to bet the bills at that number for sure. Wait, there's just on. so why, much why coming in. Th- that's- why do you think they took it? And is this like a bet that's uh, a group that's respected? It, it is a group that's respected definitely, which is why it moved down. And this wasn't even in relation to like the Rogers move. This was longer after that. Um, when you look back at what the Bills season was a year ago, there's, there's a number of negatives that you can take away from that that I really disagree with. I think that their their offense, like I said, was sort of stuck in that scheme. I think that's going to be different. I think Allen was limited for a good chunk of it with the elbow injury. I think that's going to be different. Um, I think now with McDermott going back to calling plays on defense, I think that's going to change and make the defense a lot more aggressive, which is something the Bills desperately needed. They really, I think, like the upside of the Jets with Rodgers coming in. Because you can say similar things and say uh, the Jets were competitive with the Bills twice last year Coverage and they spread. had nobody on the field, right? Mm-hmm. And they were they were huge underdogs in those games. So, like, I get that. Now you had Rodgers. Like, surely it's going to be better. I, I just think this is a huge reset for both mm-hmm. teams and the Jets are going to take time. I think the Bills start off really, really well. Fun fact. I think I saw the Bills are 0-5 against the spread last year against the Dolphins. And the Jets. And they didn't even face two or three times. I mean, I know the Jets beat them once and they covered the other game. Miami covered in the playoff game. Miami beat them in Miami in what was a crazy game. And I forget the other one, but I think the Dolphins covered that as well. Um, I I don't think maybe that's they just they just see Josh Allen more uh, in the division and the coaches from familiarity. I, I don't know. Well, it's it's exactly that. So they saw them more. They knew what was coming, and the Bills didn't have an option to change up. They had no different plan on offense. It was the same thing every week. So mm-hmm. as the season progressed, it just got worse overall. So Bills is one. I'm sorry, I'm not taking that. Uh, I will not be. That's okay. Do you have one two that stands out? Um, I like the Steelers a lot at home against Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy in Week One. I think it's uh, is it two and a half. It, well, no, it's higher now with the news that Purdy's going to be starting. So that one went up a little bit. Oh, so if great. you like, if you g- give me you're the getting more with the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, T- I, I, listen, I know it's trivial stuff, but TJ Watt, I think when he played, they were 8-2 and two last year. He's just such a game changer. I know they have Trent Williams there, but I, I look at this Pittsburgh defense, and San Francisco has struggled out of the gate. If you, I think if you look at the, is it the last three years, where they just haven't been super crisp. And last one, last year, week one was against the Bears in, I think, a monsoon, and it was Trey That Lance, was an so. ugly game, for sure. Yeah. No, and I, I like the Steelers as a dog. A, as a dog throughout the year because just that style that they're saying they're going to play and commit to I think is conducive to liking them when they're getting points, especially more in the field goal. And, oh, by the way, speaking of Steelers, someone, and uh, some guy, you know, listen, you got a lot of wacky guys hit you with stuff on social media. Someone's selling me that there is a Pittsburgh offensive analyst or someone who's doing more tweaking of the offense 
than everybody. You know, the offensive coordinator there the last couple of years has been kind of boring and dull and predictable. And it sure. sounds like there is a bit of a shift going on. I don't know if you're aware of any of this. Uh, well, it, it wouldn't be hard to do anything that's better than what Matt Canada has been doing. So yeah. I, it's certainly believable. The predictable runs into the line of scrimmage three yards in a cloud of dust with um, the running back, who's uh, Najee Harris. Yeah, they're very predictable. I, I listen, I have Steelers in the playoffs. I know that's crazy, but you, remember, I, I had a stat. Somebody had it on, uh, somebody gave it to Cowherd today. The last 33 seasons of the NFL, there have been three or more new playoff teams every year. And I know that, well, you know, history does, isn't automatically going to repeat itself, but this is the NFL. Like, nobody stays on top for long. When we might I say, see more new playoff teams, but I don't think the Steelers will be one of them. Don't think. Okay. All right. Adam Turnoff, obviously follow him on social media. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, he interacts with the audience. He's great. And um, disappointing in that Jets-Bills game. But uh, we don't want to start. Adam, you don't want to start 0-1 and then have to go to Dallas in week two. No, definitely not. You but... Know, it, and especially you gotta look at Pars- the Bills. Uh, Micah Parsons against um, you know, whoever's at left tackle for the Jets. Like, that could get ugly for Rodgers. But Rodgers does historically do well against Dallas. I don't know what that means. You know, now he's in a different city. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Oh, by the way, do you want Dalvin Cook with the Jets? Not really. I don't think we need to go more veteran guys around, especially at running back. Let's, let's focus elsewhere. What if you heard Brees Hall was going on the pup? And out for the first four games. Well, I, he, I'm surprised he hasn't already. I don't think that that's a stretch to have happen. But, I mean, give give me any – just put anyone behind Rodgers. Michael Carter? Go. Come on. Well, you think about Carter in the past game. Why not? Give All me right. give me any – I just – I don't – I'm not a big – call me whatever running back guys are being slandered as, but I just don't think you need one to be that effective in the NFL in 2023. It's fair. Rodgers did take a $35 million pay cut to free up money for something. Well, give me more receivers. More receivers. Wow. All right. I could ask a million Jets questions from (laughs) Denzel Mims, who nobody cares. What a brick of a pick that was. Anyways, Adam Chernoff, thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks very much. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.